Good morning. Welcome to The Point, the radio ministry of Life Point Baptist Church of Early Texas. Life Point meets for Sunday school at 10 a.m., morning worship at 11 a.m., and we meet at the Early Chamber of Commerce Small Business Incubator Facility, which is located at 104 East Industrial Drive in Early. That's just off of Highway 377 next to where they're building the new townhomes. Coming out and visit with us this morning, we'd love to see you in person, love to worship with you, pray with you, and love to get to fellowship together a little bit. We have some additional resources for you. If you want to look up our church online, you can log on to point2life.wordpress.com, point2life.wordpress.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash point2life. This morning, I'd like to direct your attention to John chapter 11. John chapter 11, we'll be looking at verses 21 through 27. John chapter 11, verses 21 through 27. And as we study this passage in John chapter 11, you're probably going to ask yourself or ask me, what does this have to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Because today on Easter Sunday, we celebrate and we commemorate the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the hope that his resurrection brings us. And it's that hope that the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings that I want to focus in on today. And to focus in on that, I think we see a great parallel here in John chapter 11. So John chapter 11, we'll begin reading in verse 21. John eleven twenty one says, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Now in John chapter 11, if you've read this passage before, you'll know that this is the passage where Lazarus had become ill and he had, he had contracted a sickness and that sickness wound up claiming his life. Now they told Jesus a few days ahead of time that, that Lazarus had become ill. And Jesus stayed where he was for a few days. Then Jesus told his disciples that Lazarus sleeps. And his disciples said, well, Lord, if he's resting, that means he's doing well. He's healing. And that's when Jesus had to break it to him that Lazarus had had died. And so Jesus went to Lazarus. Lazarus was the brother of Martha and Mary. And Jesus goes to Mary and Martha to visit them in the aftermath of the passing of their brother Lazarus. And when we get to verse 21 here, Martha meets Jesus, and she is just really heartbroken and devastated by this deal. And she says, Lord, if you had been here, I know he wouldn't have died, but I know that God will give you whatever you ask. So she knows that Jesus can still take care of her, but she's not really sure what to think right now because she is in that dark place of bereavement, of mourning, having lost her brother. Her brother Lazarus had unexpectedly passed away, and she had lost not only someone who was close to her, not only a close loved one, but she also lost the one who took care of her. She lost her provider. 
And you might be able to identify with Martha here in John chapter 11. You can probably identify with what it means to lose somebody who's close to you, to lose a loved one, to be separated from someone who's close to you in death. All too often, we have experienced this same heartbreak. Someone close to us passes away, and we experience that pain of separation. And yet, we have hope, a confident expectation of reunification with our loved ones in heaven. We know the Bible says that those who believe in Jesus will be reunited with Jesus and with each other once we're resurrected in the Lord's kingdom. But how much comfort do we really take in that? And how much do we really believe it? How much have we really internalized it? You see, Mary and Martha faced these same issues in John chapter 11. They lost their brother Lazarus. They knew that one day they'd be reunited with him. They knew that one day he'd be resurrected in the last day. He would be resurrected in God's kingdom. But for now, they are without their brother Lazarus, and they're still heartbroken. But it was in this moment that Jesus not only reaffirmed their faith and hope, but he demonstrated his promise and divine nature. In John chapter 11, we see the promises made. We see the resurrection fulfilled, and we see faith confirmed. So let's talk about the promises made. We look in verse 23 of our passage here in John chapter 11. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Here in verse 23, Jesus promised Martha, thy brother shall rise again. Now, Scripture promises a glad reunion day. There is a day, and this day is possible. This day will happen because Jesus Christ rose from the grave. But Scripture promises us a glad reunion day, a day that not only will we be raised from the dead or we'll be caught up with the Lord in the air, but our loved ones who have passed on before us will be resurrected and we'll be reunited with them on that glad reunion day. And we'll be reunited with our Lord and Savior on that day. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We have that promise. We have the promise in 1 Thessalonians that we will be caught up together with our friends and loved ones who know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. We will be caught up together with them and reunited with them in the air as we meet Jesus and as we are welcomed into his eternal kingdom. We have that promise. And Jesus makes his promise to Martha in verse 23 here in John chapter 11. He says, thy brother shall rise again. Now, this is something that would have been of comfort to Martha, I believe, because when Jesus says, thy brother shall rise again, not only is he reminding her of that promise of the resurrection day, that glad reunion day, what the preachers back in Mississippi and Alabama used to say on the radio, that glad getting up morning. All right, the day of the Lord. Not only is he promising her that that day is going to come, but he's promising her that her brother Lazarus would be a part of that day, which means that her brother Lazarus was saved. He was a believer. And isn't that a comfort? Isn't that 
a reassurance to know that our loved ones are saved, that our loved ones know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That is something that would have been a comfort to Martha. But this promise from Jesus, he's not just giving her those empty comforting words of, oh, he's in a better place or whatever, thy brother shall rise again. This is not just a theological concept Jesus is passing on to Martha. He's not just reminding her that there's coming a glad reunion day. This is far more profound because not only is the resurrection a universal promise for every believer, but in verse 23 here, Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. This is a specific promise to Martha, specific about Lazarus. Yes, he's a believer. Yes, he'll be resurrected at that last day and brought into God's kingdom. But even more so, Jesus was telling Martha, that he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead right then. Now, Martha doesn't catch this immediately. But when Jesus says, thy brother shall rise again, he's telling her that he's about to resurrect her brother. The promise made by Jesus, by scripture, and by his resurrection that we celebrate today, is that one day you too will rise again, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. If you know the Lord is your Savior, one day you too will rise again and be reunited with Jesus and your loved ones if you know him as Savior. This is a universal promise to every believer that you will be raised up at that last day and brought into God's kingdom. We have eternal life to look forward to because Jesus Christ rose from the grave the third day. Verse 24, Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. How many of us have said something similar to this? Martha, when she's talking to Jesus, and Jesus says, thy brother shall rise again. And this is a promise that Jesus is making to her specific about her brother Lazarus. Not only that he'll rise up again at that last day of that great reunion day, but also that Jesus was about to raise Lazarus right then. And Martha totally misses this. Martha takes the statement of Jesus like we take so many statements. When somebody close to us passes away and people tell us that, oh, you're, I know you're hurting now, but your loved one is in a better place. And we know that, but it really doesn't make us feel better because even though we know our loved one is in a better place and we should be happy for them, we still experience that pain of that separation that comes through death. And so Martha says to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus says, thy brother shall rise again. Martha says, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She's saying, yes, Jesus, I know. I know what the Bible teaches, and I know that he will rise again in the resurrection day. I know that he'll rise again when the kingdom is established on earth. I know he'll rise again at the end time. She is saying, I get the theological concept of this. I know what the Bible says about this, but I'm still hurting. And how many times have you found yourself in that situation where you know what the Bible says about something, but you're still hurting? You know the Bible teaches that your loved one is in a better place, but you're still hurting from that, from that separation. How many times have you heard people say that, well, you'll be reunited with them someday? And yes, that's great, but I really wish I were talking to them right now. There's something I'd rather say to them right now. How many of us have been like Martha here? Martha says, I know that he shall rise again 
in the resurrection at the last day. How many times have we said the same thing? I know he'll rise again. We'll see each other again someday. I know he's in a better place. That song by Brad Paisley, When I Get Where I'm Going. Or how about that one song, If Heaven Weren't So Far Away. We, we still experience the pain of that celebration, of that separation. And sometimes these sayings about them being in a better place, sometimes these sayings don't make us feel better because we still feel that pain. We believe the promises that God has made, but we wish the promises were fulfilled right now. We wish that reunification could happen right now. But the promise is now. When Jesus told Martha, thy brother shall rise again, he wasn't just giving these empty, comforting funeral words. He was proclaiming the power of his own resurrection. He was proclaiming the power that he had because of his own resurrection. And he was telling Martha that he had the power of resurrection, not only to resurrect Lazarus, but to resurrect himself, that the power of life is in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And because of his resurrection, and because he has that power, we have that hope, that confident expectation that one day we will rise again, that one day we'll be reunited with those loved ones who have passed on before us, and we'll have that glad reunion celebration day when we will enter into our Lord's presence together forever. So Jesus here is promising Martha the resurrection, not just the resurrection of the future at the last day, but also the resurrection of her brother and the reunification thereof. In verse 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life he that believeth in me, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. Now Jesus, being God in flesh, had a unique power. He could lay down his life and he could take his life back up again. Now this is a unique power to lay down his life and then to take his life back again. When we talk about Jesus having the power to lay down his life, he had the power to end his life supernaturally. People today, unfortunately, can end their lives through suicide, through inflicting harm upon themselves or, or inducing themselves with a drug overdose. But this is not what Jesus was talking about. Jesus said that he had the power to will himself to death, to will himself to die. You see, when Jesus died on that cross for our sins, he didn't succumb to his injuries. He didn't die from asphyxiation. He didn't die from the blood loss. Jesus willed himself to die. He laid down his life as he hung on that cross. When he spoke his final words, he looked up to our Heavenly Father and he said, Into thy hands 
I commend my spirit. Jesus sent his spirit into the hands of God. He had power to lay his life down and he had the power to take it back, to take it back up. He had the power to rise from the grave. In John chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus says this explicitly. He says in John 10, 18, John 10, 18, I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. Jesus, being God in flesh, had the power to lay his life down and, the, and he had the power to take it back up again. He laid down his life. He took it up again. He died and he rose again, and he had the power to do so. And Jesus, being God in flesh, had a unique purpose. He laid down his life, not just to demonstrate that he could, but he laid down his life to pay for our sins. He took upon him the wrath of God, and then he died death on our behalf so that we could go through life without ever having to taste death. He laid down his life to pay for our sins, and then he took his life back up to conquer the grave. He took the wrath of God upon himself, clearing us from the debt that we owed God. Then he rose again so that we could have eternal life. When Jesus rose from the grave and he stepped out of that tomb, he set a precedent, and that precedent that he set is that everybody who follows in his steps through repentance and faith will step out of their graves as well. When Jesus ascended to be at the right hand of the throne of God, he set a precedent. He blazed a trail into heaven because Jesus rose again. We too will rise again. When Jesus told Martha, I am the resurrection he told her that he personally would fulfill God's promises to her. He personally would fulfill God's promises to her. Isn't it always a comfort when you're having an issue with a company? Say you go to the bank and you're having a problem with the bank. And you've been on the phone, you've called different customer service representatives, you've worked your way through the phone tree, and everybody passes you on to the next person, and they're looking at your file, and they're trying to figure this thing out, and you don't really feel like you're getting anywhere. And so you go down to the bank, and you talk to the teller who refers you to a customer service professional, and you're sitting down at the desk with this customer service professional, and you explain the situation to them, and they look at you with those sympathetic eyes, and they say... Yes, you're right. We need to fix this. And I personally will see that your issue gets fixed. Isn't that a comfort when you know the person who is taking it upon themselves to fix your issue? You know it's going to get fixed. And most of the time it does because somebody took responsibility and took the initiative to do this and took this upon themselves personally to personally fix your situation. When Jesus told Martha, I am the resurrection, he was telling her that he personally would fulfill God's promises to her, and he personally fulfilled those promises to us as well. So understand that if you believe in Jesus, you are now living your eternal life. He has personally taken your sin upon himself, laid down his life for your sin, and then rose again so that you can have eternal life. 
And so you, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are now living your eternal life. Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 24, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. You have it. You're already living your eternal life. You will transition into his kingdom in eternity. You may close your eyes and what the rest of the world sees is your death, but that's not going to be the end of you. That's just going to be your passing from this life into the next life in God's presence, in God's kingdom. That's why we use the term passing away. You are passing away from this life into the next life. And this is what we remember on Easter weekend. We remember that Jesus Christ purchased our salvation by dying for our sins. And he gave us eternal life by rising again. Therefore, we have that hope of that glorious reunion day. I was on YouTube one day, and I found a story of Phil Robertson giving his testimony, and he talked about how he came to understand the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for our sins according to the scriptures. He said that Jesus Christ died for our sins, and when he died for our sins, he took the wrath upon himself. He took the wrath of God upon himself. He took God's punishment for our sins upon himself. Therefore, we don't have to endure God's punishment for our sins. We don't have to endure God's wrath for our sins. And he gave his life in doing that. And Phil Robertson said, Now, if Jesus had died for our sins and he was still in that grave, even though he would have taken the wrath of God upon himself, there's nothing he would be able to do for us now. But the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ rose again the third day. Well, that changes the story altogether. Because now that Jesus Christ has risen from the grave, not only has he taken the wrath of God upon himself for our sins, but now he can help us because he lives again. And the Bible teaches us, that he ever lives to make intercession for us, that he prays for us, he intercedes on our behalf, and he works in our lives. He purchased our salvation on the cross. He brought us eternal life when he stepped out of that tomb. The question is, do you believe this? In John chapter 11, verses 25 through 26, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? He was asking Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, that it was your sins that sent Jesus Christ to the cross? And do you believe that he rose again? Do you trust that Jesus paid for your sins? And on that basis, do you trust that you'll be welcomed into heaven? You see, in Scripture, belief is more than acceptance of fact. It's a trust in the person, Jesus Christ. You see, as I read the history books, there are things I read in the history books that I believe, and there are things that I read in the history books that I don't believe. I do believe that our country was founded on Judeo-Christian values. I do believe that our founding fathers believed 
that God was intervening on their behalf to create this country where people could be free to worship him in spirit and in truth according to their conscience. I do believe that freedom was the ultimate goal. But that belief of the founding of our country is not biblical faith. That belief of the founding of our country is more to do with the acceptance of historical fact. When you believe the Bible, you believe the Bible. True faith means more than just accepting the historical fact of the existence of Jesus Christ, the existence of Jesus of Nazareth. In believing the Bible and believing the gospel, that moves beyond accepting the historical fact that Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, was crucified on a cross. In believing the gospel, that moves beyond accepting the historical fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of the world. It moves beyond the acceptance of the historical fact that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. Biblical belief, faith, involves a trust in the person, Jesus Christ. So when you believe in Jesus Christ, you not only believe that he existed and he died on the cross, you believe that he existed and he died on the cross for your sins, and you are trusting him to receive you personally into heaven because he died on your behalf on that cross. That's the question Jesus is asking Martha. Do you believe this? Do you believe me? Do you trust me? In verse 27, Martha saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. In verse 27, Martha not only accepted the fact that Jesus is the Christ, but she expressed her full trust and confidence in him. Do you trust our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? It is fitting today that we commemorate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is fitting that we dedicate an entire holiday to this every single year because it is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we have hope. You take away the resurrection of Jesus Christ and you have a Jesus that died and stayed dead. And if you have a dead Jesus, you have a Jesus who was not God a Jesus who had no divine nature. And a Jesus without a divine nature was just another man. And Jesus being just another man means that he had no more power to atone for our sin than he would have his own, though we know Jesus had no sin because he was God. And if Jesus had no power to atone for our sin then our salvation does not exist. And so the proof of the divinity, the proof of the deity, the proof of the fact that Jesus Christ is in fact God in flesh, the proof is in the resurrection. Not only did he set the precedent of rising from the grave and being received into heaven when he rose from the grave and he ascended to be at the right hand of the throne of God, but he also proved his divine nature. He also proved his deity. He also proved that he is God in flesh. That's why the resurrection is important. That's why Lee Strobel 
worked so hard to disprove the resurrection of Christ because he wanted to disprove Christianity. And that's why he wound up inadvertently proving the resurrection of Christ and then becoming a Christian himself. It's all about the resurrection. It is very fitting that we observe the resurrection of Christ and that we commemorate that and that we celebrate it because it's through that resurrection that we have hope. Today, think about that hope that you have, that confident expectation. Do you have that hope? Do you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? Have you turned from your sins and trusted him to save you? And if you have, spend today celebrating his resurrection and remember the reason for the holiday. And if you don't have a place to go and worship today, if you don't have a place where you feel comfortable worshiping the Lord and gathering with other believers, I'd like to invite you to Life Point Baptist Church. We're in the process of building a new worship center, but while that construction is underway, we're meeting at the Early Chamber of Commerce Small Business Incubator Facility, which is located at 104 East Industrial Drive in Early. That's just off of Highway 377 next to Pates Hardware, next to where they're building those new townhomes there on Highway 377. Sunday school begins at 10 a.m. Morning worship begins at 11 a.m. You can also find us online at point2life.wordpress.com. And you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash point to life. May God bless you richly on this Easter Sunday. May God bless you and keep you.